Hello, welcome to We Are Movies. Uh, I'm Johnny Mockney, and that's the the spooky intro to this show, in case you're new here. Uh, if you are new here, I'm sorry that that had to be the first thing you ever hear on this podcast. And if you're old here, I know that you've heard far more annoying things on this podcast. So um, we are chugging along with spooky season today with a great new episode my guest today is Kyle Forsyth, who is a returning guest. He was here last year talking about the Scream movies. Uh, Kyle's a wonderful comic out of Detroit, and um, he uh, co-runs 313 Comedy, uh, which I uh, link you to all of that stuff in the description below, of course. Um, he is here, though, to talk about not comedy, but a very deadly serious topic, and that is the Halloween Town movie uh from disney channel um it's a classic disney channel original movie um one of the earliest ones followed by three sequels and uh starring uh some pretty heavy star power like uh debbie reynolds um and uh we both uh kind of get into a nice long nostalgic discussion about this movie and um kind of our our young love for spooky season in general so without any further ado please enjoy this very spooky and very nostalgic episode of we are movies i think this started when i I posted a list of like essential halloween movies and you picked up you picked out halloween town and i think you said that you are the biggest halloween town fan in the world is that right uh, the one I think I said that you know, in the world, I feel like might be an overestimate. Um, I've seen some people on Instagram who I'm like, all right, you got you might got me beat, like, yeah. but I do love it. Uh, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Our uh, cat is named Marnie. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> we are uh, yeah, we love Halloween down here. So I'm we just fan. just before I started recording, we were talking about the decorations in your house and you said that they're up all year um and this is a halloween household <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? this is a halloween household yeah. oh has have you always loved halloween was there a certain point in your life where you became a halloween guy or has it just always been there i think it's just always been that way like it's a, in my head my big thing is like it's the one day of the year that you don't have to be yourself and that you're encouraged to not be yourself furthermore like and i think that was like that came early on from a place of like low self-esteem but then it was also an enjoyment of dressing up and stuff and like i loved i always loved like creepy weird sort of stuff uh you know and just i've always loved clowns like evil clowns specifically and i think that's an early love of batman that stems into that i'll be honest like i think that's part of it um because batman was like my favorite superhero as a kid and still is i have a batman hat on yeah i I love batman i love the joker like it's that stupid stuff you know uh but yeah typical but i've loved it since i was like a child and so just creepy weird stuff and dressing up is like fun (laughs) Well, did that, I mean, did that also appeal to you because Batman is like a darker and brooding character compared to the other superheroes? Was that I part think, of what made him appeal to you? I think his appeal to me was that he wasn't even really a superhero in a yeah. sense, you know, like he was, but like he's not necessarily super. Like, you know, like Superman's super. Like, Batman's just kind of a dude 
who was a had, born into the right situation, kind of. Like, yeah. And then, I mean, it's you know, he trained and everything and he worked hard for it. But that I always liked that idea where he wasn't just handed these powers in a sense. Like, sure, he had a lot of money and like he had <laughs> the ability to buy all these gadgets and stuff. But he also made like his body a weapon. Like, yeah. that's part of the Batman mythology, too, is like and he worked his ass off to get like that. You know, and sure. He had the money to be able to fund everything he needed in the meantime while he got buff and learned how to fight, <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, that's part of it. But I I think he worked for his powers in a sense, uh, not completely, but part of it. Now, to di- I mean, to digress on that for just a little bit, I'm, I assume you probably grew up with the Tim Burton movie, right? Oh Michael yeah, King. I love the '90s Batman movies. Yeah, all oh, oh, even the bad ones, like which are most of them. Even the Schumacher ones, like Batman oh yeah, and Robin. yeah. 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 I st- <laughs> there's like a special place in my heart for them. Batman and Robin is just fun to yeah. watch. I think like it's. I know it's not good, but yeah. I love it. You know, like it's so fun, and the aesthetic of it is just so interesting to me. Like it's so different than anything else, especially any other superhero movie. Yeah. Like it's got such a unique aesthetic that, like, yeah. it was. I think as a child when I saw it, so appealing. It's bright colors, neon signs everywhere, like accented along this sort of black and gray, dark like buildings and stuff. Like it's you know it's very interesting in that way like i mean they implemented yeah and they implemented some of that in the tim burton movies like like uh batman returns that was sort of like you saw that with like the hell here sign uh like uh, you know that Catwoman has in her room that was sort of that thing where it's like that bright neon sign really sticks out to you and it's become imagery that's like used on clothing and stuff now for that uh because of that but it, Joel Schumacher took it to another level with that yeah. and like to an obnoxious level, some might <laughs> say. Uh, and he just did some weird things with the movies. Yeah, but uh, it's fun to watch. Also, like, how can you not love Arnold Schwarzenegger just doing puns the whole time as Mr. Freeze? It's like, <laughs> you know? what, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Like, I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> It's crazy. And everybody freeze. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. But- I just don't understand because people will talk about Batman and Robin like it's this bad movie that like doesn't like that it was accidental, you know, like it's not meant yeah. to be the way it is. They'll be like, oh, the puns are so bad. I'm like, yeah. Did you think that they didn't think that when they made yeah, it? Yeah. You think they hired comedians or comedy writers to write those lines? Right. No. Like, it's-, it's these people <laughs> who write movies. That's who wrote it. These yeah. aren't like people who are in comedy backgrounds, probably. Like I'm assuming. Right. Like, I don't know for sure, but I'd like to hope that it's not. Like... I, I, right, yeah. Well, and I definitely think it's like you said, like Tim Burton in those first two movies is doing like he's doing like a German expressionist, uh, more like gothic take on Batman. And then Schumacher camps it up a lot and he, you know, puts in different colors and stuff and it's one of those things he made where it's it like, more appealing to kids yeah and it's like if you don't like that that's fine but i think to call it out as if he screwed it up and didn't make the movie he was trying to make i think that's entirely wrong <laughs> yeah it was exactly what he was trying to make he was trying to sort of keep some of that tone from the tim burton movies but make it more kid friendly and yeah. that's exactly what they did like it may not be what people like but it's exactly what they did right and one thing i wanted to say the reason i brought up the 
the Michael Keaton, the first two movies is because I think one thing they did really well with the character in those movies that often goes understated with Batman is that Bruce Wayne needs to be kind of a weird guy. Cause that's being Batman doing what he does. That's a weird thing to do. And like, uh, you know, Michael Keaton plays him. Like you're like, yeah, like I could believe that this guy would dress up like a bat at night. You know, he's, he's like a little off. Yeah. It's, I think that's a key part to Batman is he's sort of aloof if you will, you know, like he's, he's not good around people really. Like, and that's something that Christian Bale, I think kind of did too, a little bit. He seemed like he, he was very confident, but he also was a little like odd. Like he didn't really know how to talk to people, you know, like, and that was something that he made clear is like, he knew how to be around people, but he didn't really know how to talk to them. Like, he's just kind of rude and like, doesn't really (laughs) realize he is maybe at all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I always think about that restaurant scene where he's like, we should move a couple tables together. And then they're like, I don't think we can do that here. And he's like, they should, I own the restaurant. Like, yeah. and it's like, it's very confident, <laughs> but it's also very straightforward, straight to the point. Like, yeah, like I own this place. So we can like, and it's just yeah. that <laughs> he doesn't partake in the normal human bullshit of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so to jump back to Halloween a little bit, uh, growing up, uh, with Halloween being your favorite holiday, like what do you associate with Halloween? When you think about those days, what did your typical Halloween look like? I think uh, nighttime, I guess, off the bat. I love like nighttime. Uh, for me, it's just pumpkins, absolutely pumpkins, um, or the color orange in general, orange and mm-hmm. black as a color scheme in general. Uh, I, I think of like horror movies and also just sort of like spooky movies in a way even if they're like movies that even have like a spooky tone like even some of those batman movies you know like i could watch those in october or like scooby-doo the live action one or like scooby-doo monsters unleashed scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed (laughs) either of those i enjoy the scooby-doo movies i do way more than anybody else does but they have a spooky vibe to them because James Gunn wrote them and he was a horror movie director and writer. Like, and yeah. so he had put a very kind of spooky vibe into it. And those weren't the first cuts, but that's like the more kid friendly version of what they made it into, you know, like, and it's because it came from a horror movie writer at the time. Like that's yeah. all he had really done at that point for the most part. He, he James Gunn wrote for Trauma Entertainment, which if you've watched any of their movies including like the ones that he wrote for them are like fucking disgusting movies. Like <laughs> it's it's really wild. It's crazy that they even hired him to make them to begin with, but I think it worked out really well. You watch those movies and they're they're like just edgy enough for kids that you're like if you're a young kid it feels like a little like it's just touching the, the ceiling a little bit, you know? Yeah, and that's what it felt like he did with like Guardians of the Galaxy. And then yeah. the Suicide Squad felt like he was just somewhere in between Guardians and horror movie background that he was like in before, yeah. where it was just like this crazy gore that was like over the top, you know, like the trauma stuff. Like, yeah, where it's just like over the top gore where you're like, that was completely unnecessary, but I kind of <laughs> love it. Like and, and like, the and the stuff with Starro, I remember, was really gross in that movie. Yeah. That was like that actually kind of made me shiver a little bit. Like um yeah so i love like the vibe of those types of movies like you know where it just sort of has like a spooky setting or anything like that you know movies just even like set around halloween time 
I love like that's why I love like Halloween Town. It's like yeah. it's not necessarily it's not a horror movie, but it's a Halloween movie by yeah. all, like, you know, by all means, it's in the name like and it's like there. I feel like as a kid, especially and nowadays, there's like more of them and a lot of them are still independent films of like movies that have sort of an upbeat tone to them, but also yeah. are Halloween movies. Like there's some that are out there now, but like most of them are really comedy centric, you know, like really going for the joke card or like a lot of like indie films and stuff. And some of them are good. There's a few good ones in there. But like when I was younger, I felt like there wasn't anything like that. It was either horror movies or like Halloween Town and Scooby Doo <laughs> sort of like changed that. I feel like a little bit uh, and like gave me like another sort of upbeat sort of tone movie for like Halloween season. And now there's a lot more of them. You can find them all over Hulu and Netflix yeah. and stuff. Hubie Halloween. Hubie stuff. Halloween. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them now. But like back then there wasn't as many of those, I feel like. Yeah. Well I was gonna say speaking of like Halloween movies that aren't necessarily like horror, like have you seen The Guest? Um, yes that's yeah, one of yeah. my favorites i watch every year too um brett hayden uh insists brett, that i watch that one brett loves adam wingard the guest yeah. and you're next he's crazy about those movies um yeah. i i i do think um i'm wondering if you feel this way too i associate when i the movies that i choose to watch around halloween i lean more towards fun than not so like there are great horror movies that I don't associate with Halloween because they might be more depressing or they might be downer horror movies or they might just be darker. And then I associate in the month of October, I, I lean towards like the fun horror movies, like a movie like trick or treat, besides the fact that it's on Halloween, it's fun too. Yeah. Like there's a more, it leans more towards, we're not trying to disturb anybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's all these sort of like fun characters. It's got a pretty bright setting, even though it's dark, you know, right. by and large, it's like, there's a lot of lights there and everything. And the orange, like you said. Yeah. Uh, they really like, they make it feel that world almost feel inviting in a way, even though it's not like, even though it's like a horror movie, it feels like an inviting world that you would want to like be there. You're like, even yeah. though, you know, people are getting killed at like that, like uh, the big festival and stuff that they're having. You're just like, <laughs> it still kind of looks fun though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of worlds that seem inviting, I guess that can bring us to Halloween town, which um, I looked up, came out in 2001 and was the fourth, disney channel original movie um it was the fourth the fourth ever. i didn't realize it was the fourth yeah. oh i see it now on wikipedia yeah oh man yeah that's crazy did do you think you saw this when it premiered uh no no i was born in 94 okay so i was four years old i saw it real early on though like, cause they played it a lot during the Halloween season every year. They would play it probably two to three times a week. Cause they played, I watched Disney channel and Nickelodeon pretty religiously when I was younger. It was like, <laughs> it's so weird. I was watching Disney channel, Nickelodeon, MTV and VH1 and comedy central. <laughs> that was oh, it. Wow. Like, so some like real adult content it's and also like mix. full on children content. Like, yeah, yeah that's still kind of how I am. Like, <laughs> I just grew up to be that same person. Like, yeah. I don't watch TV anymore, but that's most of the content I'm consuming is from some of those people. 
Wow. So, you know, I love Viacom. I support them wholeheartedly. Right, right. Disney, they take like a lot I, of my money. <laughs> it's like on one side, I'm watching Cat Dog, and then I'm also watching Tom Green or yeah. something. Like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, so I loved TRL, but after that, it was pretty much mm. like, you know, Drake and Josh and like right. uh, other stuff like that. But like, regardless, yeah, I saw this early on because they would play it a lot. Like, because every night on Disney Channel, uh, it would they'd play one Disney Channel original movie. I don't know if you remember this at all. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like every night there was a Disney Channel original movie on at 8 p.m., I believe, or maybe it was 7 p.m. It was probably a little earlier than that. But every night it was at the same time. Uh, and I would like wait to see which one it was. And I saw pretty much all of them. Like I saw like all the Disney Channel original movies, like up until a certain year. And then I just fell off like but like up to a certain year. I saw pretty much all of them. Uh, And so, yeah, I loved this one because it was the Halloween one. And I'm pretty sure I saw all the premieres of all the ones after this, though. So like Halloween Town to Halloween Town High and Return to Halloween Town. I saw all of those premiere. I'm pretty positive. Yeah, so I made a mistake. Halloween Town 2 came out in 2001. Uh, Halloween Town 1 came out in 98. Um, so, yeah, so you so you just, you discovered this one in the reruns. Um, at that, I mean, at this point in time, were you, so if you already like loved Halloween, were you watching scarier stuff already? Or were you just, did you just like the the, the more generally like spooky atmosphere? I loved the spooky atmosphere, I think, more so. And, yeah. like, weirdly, I started going to, like, I feel like I saw a couple horror movies early on when I was younger, but I didn't seek them out so much, I guess. Yeah. I more seeked out comedy um, and video games, mostly. That was yeah. most of what I did, and I watched a lot of TV. Uh, so, I don't know. I just didn't seek out horror movies too much, but I did a little bit here and there um but i was really into like haunted houses and haunted hay rides which yeah. are like a big thing in michigan and they maybe not quite as much anymore but they used to be huge like i don't know i mean i'm sure you probably remember this date we had like a haunted house finder newspaper essentially that would come out in october it would be free at like all the grocery stores next yeah. to all the other like newspapers and stuff and it sure it was more of a magazine but it was usually printed on like newspaper type paper uh and it would have advertisements and a list of all of the haunted houses and hayrides in michigan and then they would like have some of the best ones then all that shit and then my dad would always take me to them like my dad loved taking (laughs) me to that stuff on his weekend visitation and so i was always really into that too um I don't know. I, it was a lot of fun. I loved like Halloween stuff in general. Yeah. I feel like Halloween and the popular consciousness is so closely tied to like, even though it doesn't come from here, like it's so tied with like rural Midwest, you know, it's gotta be (laughs) like, like cornfields and stuff like that. And, you know, hay rides, like, like that's why I feel like Michigan is like one of the best States for like getting like the real Halloween experience. And that's why when you said like, I think it's probably biggest, the hayrides and the haunted houses are biggest here uh, than anywhere else, um, or at least in the Midwest. Uh, I feel like, um, I mean, Halloween Town is a movie. The reason I think that hits, if you are the type of person who loves like haunted houses or just going to like these places, it, Halloween Town itself, the titular Halloween Town, feels like an attraction. You know, like yeah. If, 
right? And it is now. Now you can okay. go to the real city in Oregon. I believe it's like Saint uh, something. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, but it's like it's called Saint something. I can look this up real uh, quick. Saint Helens. Saint Helens. Yep. Yeah, and you can go there during the month of October, and all the month of October they have a Halloween Town celebration that you can go to, and they keep the real pumpkin from the movie in the middle of their town square still. Oh. Wow. And like they, because the Disney gifted it to this uh, town after they finished the movie, which is just them being like, we don't want to take care of this <laughs> here's a gift it's a monument <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> keep <Yeah>. this here <laughs> like they just didn't want to move it it was like probably such low budget it was their fourth disney channel original movie they weren't sure how these things were going to work out i'm sure at that time so like if this is the fourth one it was one of the first ones green lighted you know like yeah if you think about it that way so like it was probably green lighted with all of like the first 10 I'm guessing or something like that. They probably had a slate of these that they were going to release, you know, like that's how studios work, especially right. one like Disney. They knew they were going to be making more of these types of things. So they were like, all right, what's the budget we can put on each of these probably and like, and it was probably super small because like Disney channel was a new thing at the time. Kind of like it was newish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, you can see the budget. <laughs> in the movie and i think at this time too disney channel you had to like purchase disney channel to have disney channel when you had cable oh. like i don't think it was included in like the cable package like almost like hbo you know like i think that's how <laughs> disney was at the time so even houses that had basic cable didn't always have disney and like i think my grandparents had it and my mom didn't like we didn't have it at my house but my grandparents did because my grandpa was like just fucking like all on the technology he had like satellite tv early on i think oh, that's wow. where i saw it was at my grandparents house because i would just stay there on the weekends i remember watching it in their basement like because i'd watch tv just all day because they had all the channels you know and i was yeah. like i would go there on the weekends and like when my mom was at work and just watch tv like yeah. watch whatever I could, you know, just take in any content that was out there. Uh, yeah, I, like, I loved it. I don't know. And so that's where I would see this movie. And whenever they would show this movie, Halloween Town, like once a year outside of Halloween season, outside of October. And that once a year they'd show it and I would catch it. I was like, fuck, yeah, tonight's a good night. Like, <laughs> I was like, because you didn't know what the like you didn't have a schedule or a guide button, you know? Like, yeah. so I, like when this would just come on, like I would stay and like, sometimes I'd see what Disney channel original movie it is. And I'd be like, I'll watch something else tonight. Right. And like when this one would come on. Oh my God. It was like, I was so excited every time I was like, it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I mean, I feel like uh, you can definitely see this as early in, disney channel original movies like early in their existence um for one reason for the budget like you said another reason for uh the star power as well like i feel like now you would never see them get somebody like debbie reynolds to be in a disney channel original movie you dude, know for real <laughs> judith hogue has like a really good career too, too. Yeah. yeah i mean she's got a real solid career so I mean, yeah, both of them like were, I mean, Judith Hogue, maybe slightly less, but also if did you look at who directed it? Did you look at the director as well and see what he's done? Dwayne so, Dunham. 
So do you know who he is? I know that he did. I know he was a TV director. I know he worked on Twin Peaks. He was. uh, Yeah, he's a director and editor. He worked on Twin Peaks. uh, But prior to Halloween Town, he had done like Twin Peaks. He'd done Star Wars, Apocalypse Now, More American Graffiti, The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, (laughs) Blue Velvet, uh, Fright Night Part Two, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, um, Little Giants. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Like he had a solid career before doing this one too. And still after he's won, like he won an Emmy uh, for, or no, he was nominated. He's been nominated for Emmys. He didn't win. I, I speak incorrectly, but regardless, like he did all 18 episodes of twin peaks, the return uh, okay. editing. He edited yeah. all of them. Um, yeah. I guess wow. he has a really good like relationship with David Lynch from what I've read. Uh, which is why he's like worked with him all the way. He was like the editor on Blue Velvet. Yeah. Uh, the main editor. He was also the main editor on Return of the Jedi. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. It, like, but before that, he was like the assistant editor on most of the rest of the stuff, like Empire Strikes Back and Raiders. Yeah. But Return of the Jedi, he was, yeah. Got promoted. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, no, that's, right? That's Blue really Velvet. Impressive. He was, it was him and David Lynch were the editors on like Blue Velvet. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Because, I mean, yeah. this is a guy who has a pretty <laughs> prolific career as an editor. In horror, kind of, too. In horror as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Fright Night Part 2. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and then also another David Lynch movie, Wild at Heart. Looks like he also edited. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, the I original also... Twin Peaks, he directed three episodes of and yeah. edited two episodes. And I will go so far as to say there are moments in Twin Peaks, the original series, that are more horrifying than things I've seen in movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, so they get a guy who's, you know, he's experienced in directing TV, but also a pro. You know, he's been working and for a And editing, too. He yeah. understands editing, which, you know, probably helps a lot for them. I think he didn't have too much of a directing career prior to that, though. You know, like he directed uh, some of Twin Peaks. um, Jag. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. That in Seventh Heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Two episodes of Seventh Heaven. (laughs) He's a religious hit. Yeah. 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 Religious ABC family hit. (laughs) My stepmom loved that show. That's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We won't go into that, but <laughs> so anyways, funny. yeah. Well, and one thing I also noticed today, I was watching the movie again this morning on Disney Plus, and um, I in the opening credits, I noticed a name for the production designer, Alfred Soul, and I was like, I know that name, and I looked it up, and he wrote and directed uh, a movie called Alice Sweet Alice. If you haven't seen it, it's like a really great 70s slasher movie. Um, that's kind of yeah, it's kind of underrated, but I think Arrow Video like put it out and it got like a little more like recognition again. Um, but um, it's a very like sort it's like a psychological thriller and a slasher movie, and it's just like that blew my mind. I was like, this guy who directed a slasher movie in the 70s, this like cult classic, uh, is the production designer on a Disney Channel original movie <laughs> in it's 1990. Wild. They yeah. got some really great talent at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh they lucked out with that and like that's wild. Yeah, it is like so interesting. I mean, they ended up launching a lot of stars, but the fact that they got like somebody like Debbie Reynolds, you know, yeah, uh, it makes sense that like 
sort of like Dwayne Dunham, it's just interesting. He's not a guy who, you know, typically who has directed any movies. I think this might have been his first movie, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it, let's if I look at it again, it might have been the first movie he ever directed. It was. It was the first movie he ever directed. Yep. And he was I the think, editor for this wait, movie, too. No, I'm incorrect. He did Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, but that's animated, right? No? Is that? Is that um, a... That's not animated. Yeah, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey is not animated. No. Okay. Well, he did that then. And then that was a Disney channel. That was a Disney movie. The theatrical movie, yeah. That was a Walt Disney movie, yeah. And then Little Giants. Oh, yeah, with Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, yeah, that's a football classic. Oh, shit, he did that, too. That must have been like, he did... So he worked with Disney and then he did Little Giants, which was like a hit at the time, I think. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure that was a pretty big hit. And like that. Yeah. OK, I see why they wanted. It. So he was pretty good talent, too. Now that you look at it, like so actually, I have to point out Little Giants um, was actually a box office disappointment. It had a budget oh. of 20 million. It failed to recoup its budget. It made 19.3 million, which would explain why he got demoted to doing TV. <laughs> yeah it would explain yeah, yeah but it's also like it kind of makes sense when you see the background he comes from like that movie is not in his wheelhouse you know <laughs> sure, like yeah. you look at everything else he's done and that is not his wheelhouse but like it's kind of interesting because then like you look at something like little giants and then you look at something like halloween town which was the next thing he did and that's almost somewhere in between little giants and the stuff he had sort of done previously in the sort of Twin Peaks realm where it's sort of creepy and stuff where he's bringing trying to bring a creepy vibe to it but also trying to make a children's movie so like it it really makes sense in a strange way that they found this guy who had worked in both of those realms because they're trying to marry those two things in a way with this movie and so they're like we found this guy who's done children's movies and and Twin Peaks (laughs) Blue Velvet and like you know it's He's also like worked on the Star Wars movies, like, you know, in a higher up manner too, not in like a small manner by any means. So I, I think that's like really interesting. They found somebody who could marry those two things. And I think at this point in time with Disney Channel first, like starting with their original movies, they want people who can work fast is a big thing. So you have a guy who's done a lot of work, not just TV work uh and not just working for a long time on big productions also is like a reliable disney guy they've specifically he's worked for them in the past so and then by the fact that he's also his own editor um you kill two birds with one stone and i feel like (laughs) at this point they really you know a lot of television movies people like they almost work on like an assembly line they really mix and match and switch around people a lot and they all have to work on these really rigid schedules. Um, and so, and so it's kind of a, you know, it's a cool thing that, I mean, that they got a guy who was as experienced. And then I think it just, like you said, yeah, you can see the budget, but like, it's got so much charm to the concept and to the visuals of it that you can see why it's resonated with the kids that watched it back then for so long, you know? Yeah. It's uh, I think the aesthetic of it really stuck with a lot of the people who yeah. watched it from a young age. Me, an example. Like, I yeah. mean, like in many other people that I know, like it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. I So watching it again today, I was thinking about that because there's uh, 
obviously you follow Marnie, uh, the the main girl who it, it's almost like a Harry Potter esque story. Like she finds out she's uh, part witch, uh, and then like her grandma, who's played by Debbie Reynolds, comes every Halloween, and she comes from this place we find out called Halloween Town, and so she and her brother and her younger sister end up following her on this magic school bus to back to Halloween Town. And when you see Halloween Town, like it's really, it's really charming now because it's like they're not going for like you know Stan Winston like effects on the weird creatures and stuff here. It looks like people wearing masks. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it looks like facial like makeup. Like you can yeah. see like the prosthetics. Like <laughs> you can see the like prosthetics cracking, kind of. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, it it looks like it was on a shoestring budget your like, first assumption you is you're just watching people on halloween in their costumes like you know yeah <laughs> i do think crazy. the interesting thing part about it though is like uh i mean they did use some sort of cgi but the very minimal and it's because of the budget and like so much of the effects in it are practical yeah like it's all even like benny the taxi driver was a robot yeah. Like he's a robot. Like they made a like robot character. Like his he looks like an animatronic. Like he does. Yeah. He looks like a Disney animatronic from that area that you would see at Disney World. Like yeah. it's very interesting. And in which the reality of the situation is they probably just got one from the same people who built them for Disney World <laughs> and just reskinned it to be a skeleton. Like Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that Benny is Benny the taxi driver is probably like my favorite out of all those all those people you see because yeah. he he not only is like a talking skeleton i like he like contorts his face a lot like his eyebrow muscles move as yeah. he talks which is such a great detail i don't feel like i feel like not everybody would pay attention to something like that you know for sure and that's like the disney world animatronics at work yeah. <laughs> you know that's like they'd be they were the ones who were perfecting those at the time like and they had some of the best ones out there uh and like it I also love though that uh, like he's just constantly making shitty jokes. The whole time. Yeah. Like, it's just it's exactly what you would think out of like a taxi driver, you know, yeah. like where he just makes bad jokes. And then also the mayor's like he's a better driver than he is a comedian. And like, yeah. how great would it be if there was a Halloween Town comedy club and Vinny's just like the house <laughs> MC, like <laughs> you know, just the that- shitty local comedian who's just been doing it for years. <laughs> Like, who's just the house MC because he's had that gig since the club opened? It's yeah. so funny. Like, there's the traveling, like the out of towners that are actually good, and then yeah. Benny's just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be, that's oh, funny. Man. Yeah, uh, what uh, one I also like is there's a brief bit when they get on the when they first get on the bus. Um, there's a, a guy who's saying, um uh oh he goes like i raised a demon from the underworld and they say big deal i saw the same thing on jerry springer like (laughs) (laughs) he's got like this heavy like inexplicably has like a new york accent dude there's so many like just odd accents in this movie in general like there is just some just thrown in there there's a dude who's just elvis like yeah elvis impersonator who sells them a broom sells the brooms yeah the windsweeper 5000 yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's there's one lady that's like uh um that talks to debbie reynolds like right after she gets back to halloween town uh debbie reynolds is uh grandma um i'm sure you remember the name right grandma aggie aggie yep grandma aggie aggie. Cromwell. yes agatha cromwell to be full specific but right yeah she goes by aggie 
so Aggie talks to this one lady who is like out of like a like a British like a Robin Hood movie or something. She's got like this heavy like British accent. She's got like she's talking like a peasant. It's very bizarre. Oh, like she's got this yeah. earthy, earthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Aggie. Yeah, like it's just very like high pitched and like manic almost too. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. Like some of these people are like they're they're pumpkin head people or they're wolves or whatever and then there's and there's a ghost and then this woman's just like uh, a villager from an old gothic movie basically yeah <laughs> and so they're like all right we ran out of costumes i don't know uh, <laughs> yeah she seems like uh I, she reminded me of like the character in like uh monty python and the holy grail that are like uh that are picking up the filth and saying like we're an autonomous collective like she really like, yeah. felt like she was out of that dude i i feel like a lot of these characters were just hastily thrown in here oh like, for sure. you know they, like, like pulled whatever masks they had yeah, in they, yeah they hired these people to do these roles and then like they just were like all right just you know be be big like, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, and they're like all right i got it oh my god Aggie! Yeah. <laughs> it's just immediately that well, i also like it's all just heads like there's pumpkin people or whatever who like just have human hands like you're, oh yeah they didn't even that's give them orange you, hands <laughs> that's how you can tell like the instructions for the extras were just show up in your own clothing bring your own clothes <laughs> and we'll put on makeup when you show yeah. when you arrive everybody showed up in their own clothes probably and yeah. just went to the makeup trail and got their prosthetics and their makeup put on their face and then went to set. Which like, probably took like two minutes just to put the mask on and yeah, <laughs> just fit yeah. it to their head. Some people got it slightly more so they can move the mouth. You know, if they were the ones who had to pretend to have conversations in the background or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then some of them just didn't really get anything. You know, they just look pretty normal. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, because there uh, are those ones that just it. have totally non-articulated faces. You um, can tell it is like very much like where you're just bring your own clothes to set and then we'll put the makeup on you. I feel like that's what it was by yeah. most of it, mostly not everybody, but mostly. And I think you make a good point about the separation between like the ones that do need to like there's the ones that we're supposed to focus on, like. The, and those are the ones that are given more articulation. Usually those are the ones who like have prosthetics, actually, like a fake nose and stuff. Like uh, there's like a cheetah woman who we see teaching like Zumba or something. Yeah, <laughs> and Kristen so, Wiig. Is that Kristen Wiig? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Just make, oh, make cheetah. A, yeah. a, a Wonder Woman <laughs> reference. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Uh, I'd say the effects were just as good between the yeah, two. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, Halloween Town might be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a rough fight scene, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, right. But yeah, it's also like uh, that that boy Luke. Uh, Luke, when he yeah. comes in, uh, his clothing is very clearly tailored to his character, but he has nothing on his face, no prosthetics, no makeup or anything at first, I guess, at the end. But, you know, that's spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, uh, I don't want to spoil Halloween Town for you all. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like uh, there's a there's a line. Just speaking of like a moment of great uh, foreshadowing. Uh, early on, you see 
this guy luke and he's like kind of just being a dick and uh benny drives by him and then he just says like he's like yeah luke used to be ugly but he claims it's some shadow creature gave him better looks ha like it's just this yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. like throwaway line and you're like oh some shadow creature i wonder if that'll come back later <laughs> yeah and as a kid you don't really think about it which is who this movie's made for you right, know right. but yeah uh after a couple watches you're like oh yeah okay like, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's hardcore foreshadowing. Like, yeah. yeah, you might as well just give the plot away there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. We've both been guests on We Are Movies before. We love talking movies with Johnny. But I'm a jealous boy. You are. That's why we've decided to talk movies with, with each, each other. other. We started our own podcast called You, you Made, made me, me Watch. Each week we make each other watch a movie the other has never seen. You Made Me Watch. New episodes every Friday. I do want to talk a bit about the scene when the, the that shadow creature in question shows up in the movie theater. Because uh, I think that first scene in the movie theater, I, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but watching it today, I felt like this is the type of scene that would have actually creeped me out as a kid. It did creep me out as a kid. It was the yeah. scariest part of the whole movie. Like, yeah. It was like, besides, like, I mean, the only other part that even came close is when, like, uh, the mayor, I'm you know, the villain, is on top of... Uh, on top of the Calabar, he's on yeah. top of like the building giving his big speech or whatever about like how he's going to rule the world and unleash the <laughs> real world and everything, you know, like, but I mean, I think the movie scene is still creepier because you see things happening to people like people are not necessarily getting hurt, but like, you know, they're getting frozen, like bad things are happening to people, I guess. Yeah. And that's like the very interesting part about this is where you really see the Disney Channel original movie come out in this. They're like, how can we make this kind of scary? Also, we need to make sure that people know he's kind of hurting people, but he can't actually hurt them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like so Disney where they're yeah. like, he's got to hurt them, but we don't want them to actually get hurt. Right. The threat is that they're frozen for now. Yeah, or for good. Or for good. Yeah. That's those are the stakes. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it's interesting. But even like frozen, they're not necessarily they're not technically dead. They're just like frozen in time. It's yeah. Right. Very right. Disney. I, I did write, but but they still do. I mean, that first scene when uh when Aggie walks in there is like there's a bit of creepy atmosphere there. Just you see all these people that are totally still uh and like they're all like a little pale so like there is this lifelessness to them in the seats that i think is like i can totally get why that would creep out a kid like that's a terrifying image yeah they totally spent 90 percent of this movie's special effects budget on that scene <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like well, for I mean, sure god then you have the optical effects of when the guy when the when he actually enters through the screen and yeah. there's like the you know the swirling around and like those are all like totally visual effects like yeah i feel like 10 percent of it was spent on the rest of the movie like, <laughs> it was like yeah you know that was 90 percent of that budget or 90 percent of that special effects budget and to be fair i think the special effects budget altogether was probably 10 percent of the total movie budget whereas the other 90 percent was just debbie reynolds paycheck um <laughs> yeah but it <laughs> yeah, I feel like Debbie Reynolds also had a good relationship with Disney. I feel like she had done other Disney stuff in the past and like worked mm. with Disney. And like I also read like she uh was like they in this movie made a nod to Mary Poppins like when she yeah. comes off the bus and like she that. floats off the bus like Mary Poppins with like her uh 
with the umbrella. And then apparently Debbie Reynolds uh, was in consideration to play Mary Poppins yeah. uh, before the other woman ended up getting it. Uh, what's I'm forgetting. Her uh, name. Uh, Julie Andrews. Yes. Mary Julie Poppins. Andrews. She ended up getting Mary Poppins, but Debbie, Re- it came down to like her and like, Debbie Reynolds and like one or two other people, I guess. Yeah. Like they, she was in final consideration for Mary Poppins, and that was supposed to be like a nod to it all, like that whole yeah. situation, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I definitely thought she reminded me of Mary Poppins, uh, and then I also thought it might have also just been like a reference to Singing in the Rain too, which Debbie Reynolds is in. Yeah, um, could have been. Uh, rumor oh. has it it was to Mary Poppins, though the other Disney movie that she didn't end up getting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also the uh the school bus uh this was a weird association i made as a kid uh i thought of like the magic school bus and oh, it's also sure. because she looked a little bit like miss frizzle you know? oh yeah absolutely i put that together at a young age too she had the mrs frizzle haircut and like yeah, yeah they used the school bus like <laughs> it uh and i i mean clearly they used the school bus because they were making a movie for children and they want kids to connect with it in a way you know and they're like what big vehicles do kids ride in regularly oh school buses kids kids love school buses (laughs) (laughs) all kids want to be on a school bus right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i did write down one line speaking of that movie theater scene uh when um, we kind of lead into the third act of the movie where this this dark figure um, puts both their mom and the grandma Aggie in that like stasis, right? Like freezes them in time. And the last thing Aggie says to the kids as they're running out, she goes, run. It's just an evil spell that freezes us. Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is <great>. Exactly. <laughs> so Disney. Right, yeah. right. Saying, Everybody's like, hey, okay. Right. <laughs> There's a threat, but it's not that bad. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dead. Okay. Right. Don't panic. <laughs> and you know, it's like they've already established that, but they need to say it again because these are kids watching TV. You like, yeah, you make sure the kids. Some of the things are very tailored for kids. Like, and you can tell it's an adult writing for kids. Like that school bus, it's very much an adult writing for kids. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting. I don't know. The writer of it, though. Oh, sorry. Oh, the ahead. writer of it, though. Uh, like he named all of the characters after his kids, and one oh. of his kids, Marnie, does stand up. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you seen yeah. any of Marnie's stand up? Like his- I have not, but uh, one of my other comic friends has, and that friend came over to my house and uh, met my cat Marnie, and I told them where I got the name from, and he's like, "I know the real Marnie," and I was like, oh, "Are you gosh. serious?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, her dad wrote Halloween Town. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. And he's like, no. I was like, well, if I ever meet her, I've got to open her as I named my cat after you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it'd be like the most aggressive opener. Yeah. But I think it'd be so funny to like explain that situation. <laughs> that um, Would it be Marnie Birnbaum? Is this the daughter of Paul Birnbaum? That would be it. That's him? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to check her out or check out her app. I don't know how much she's doing stand up these days. I know she was at a point. I think yeah. she might still be. I don't know. I don't keep up with her or anything. I don't really know her. So hopefully I just she does better her. than, hopefully she does better than Benny. The cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is interesting though. Uh, yeah. It's a small world. 
man. Yeah. It's such a small world. I can imagine feeling like the, just this weird brief moment of being starstruck, like the, the real Marty. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how I would be. <laughs> like, like, it would be so weird just hearing her name or like if I was emceeing and I had to say her name. I'd be like, yeah. You know, it's like, what well, you know, my cat's named after this next comic. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. Uh, so Marnie in this movie is played by uh, Kimberly J. Brown, um, which who I I don't think I've seen in anything else, but I uh, I do Neither know that I. I do know that because uh, I remember when because I'm a bit younger than you, so I was introduced to Halloween Town when I think the later sequels were coming out. So either Halloween Halloween Town High or Return to Halloween Town, where uh, Sarah Paxton was playing the role of Marnie, which uh i totally so you thought, came in real late i came in i mean i just remember those ads playing so and then i remember sarah paxton was like a little well known for some other stuff so my assumption was that sarah paxton was in all these movies because they just chose a similar looking cleft chinned girl <laughs> to play the role <laughs> and i don't think they looked similar at all you don't like, think so no no not even a bit i don't think like sarah paxton in the face looked drastically different like i remember yeah. watching it and like seeing the previews and being like it's a new girl like seeing oh, like yeah. the preview like the trailer for it coming out because like they were like talking about how it's gonna premiere they'd play like the commercial for it on disney all the time and like i remember seeing that it was gonna come out and then seeing it and being like who the like i knew who she was and that's why it was even weirder because i remember seeing her in something else prior to that sarah paxton like and so to me she was already another character in my head you know yeah. like and so then I was like, why is she playing Marnie now? That's not Marnie. Why can't they just have the regular Marnie? And right. like, in the, like, what's even shittier is they never even told Kimberly J. Brown why they did it. Oh, like, really? you're saying, no, Kimberly J. Brown's talked about it. Yeah, she oh, said she was available. That sucks. She was available to do it, and they decided to cast Sarah Paxton. So it was like stunt casting. My guess, yeah, my guess is that Sarah Paxton was younger and that's what it was like oh. I think Kimberly J Brown was starting to get a little older you know she made the first one in 98 and I think the last one was like 2004 maybe or something I, mean, I don't know still, I mean it's still shitty because they maintain pretty much the rest of the cast like oh yeah um, which is so shitty like Judith uh, Judith Hogue returns in that one and um, she I was think... born in 89 so she wasn't even like that old she's still young yeah. and then Joey Zimmerman is the brother uh dylan returns too in that one and debbie reynolds yeah. so like, and even crazier is, i believe i read that sarah paxton was a year older than uh the brother was than joey zimmerman was in real life uh i i mean the cynical part of me thinks they thought hey sarah paxton has a cleft chin so people won't know the difference also <laughs> i think it's that she had a little bit of star power she had star and the rest power. of the cast and at the time also uh they were uh, under the assumption that they were losing Debbie Reynolds. They were about to recast Debbie Reynolds for Return to Halloween Town with another woman who they ended up moving into another role in like, or Return to Halloween Town. And Return to Halloween Town, uh, Debbie Reynolds had another movie she was supposed to be shooting. And so they had cast in another woman who looked a lot like her. And then this woman is in another role in the movie. And I remember watching it, and I learned this recently, but I remember watching it and be like, that woman looks a lot like Aggie. Like, and like thinking that i'd be like her character looks a lot like aggie cromwell that's interesting so weird and then like 
and then I found this out later that it was because she was supposed to play Aggie Cromwell. And then they're like, oh, wait, Debbie Reynolds is available now. Yeah. We're going to keep you in the movie because we already have you on contract, but you're going to be in a different role now. And it was still like a speaking role and a pretty large role in the movie. And I forget exactly her character, but she had a decent role in the movie. I think she was like one of the teachers or something like and uh, yeah, it's just interesting that they did that. So I think they're trying to get more star power attached to it because they're losing Debbie Reynolds. And also Debbie Reynolds wasn't really as it's not in the movie. Really, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think they wanted young star power. Yeah. And like Sarah Paxton, I think, like had just done like a couple movies that were like decently big or something. She was in some I'm like correct. other Disney stuff, I think, at the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm oh, pretty Aquamarine, sure. I remember. Yeah. The same year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what else had she done? So, yeah, she did Aquamarine, Sydney White. No, that was not. That was after. Okay. But yeah, uh, Aquamarine, that was. around the same time well and here's the other thing we have to point out and this is relative to what we were saying about the director of the movie as well um is that i disney kind of operates in this like old school like contract players in the studio system way where they've got these people that they're like oh you're going to be our you're going to be our golden boy whatever we're going to put you in this many movies zach efron zach efron's a great example right um, yeah. or even the people that look at other like the side the the supporting roles from high school musical that they later gave bigger roles like corbin blue and people. lucas Ga- graybill or gabriel graybill, graybill he was in he was in return to halloween town there's yeah. three people in return to halloween town that were also in high school musical yeah yeah so it, it's like, <laughs> like contract play yeah so. they like they keep them in like and like that's the thing and like uh kimberly j brown also did like another disney channel original movie like right after this one like they gave her like a couple movies you know like it wasn't just this one she did an other disney channel original movies i'm going to say boldly uh and maybe this isn't bold i'm sure a lot of halloween town fans would uh would agree uh boycott the fourth movie it's a trilogy yeah it really is kimberly kimberly j brown is in the trilogy that's what matters (laughs) yeah that's how i've always sort of felt about it i will watch return to halloween town once a season but i will watch the rest of them multiple times a season yeah Uh, because i still enjoy it but it pisses me off watching it because i know like i feel like i know what happened you know like i know how gross hollywood is like everybody's aware of how gross the system is in Hollywood. Like it's no secret. I think at this point, yeah. uh, we don't know all the ins and outs of it, but we know enough to know it's pretty bad. Like, and yeah. I think that's really what it came down to is I think they're like, let's get somebody younger who has more star power. Now, Kimberly J Brown isn't rising to be the star that we thought she would be. Yeah. And like, let's get somebody else and replace her. And like, yeah. I think that's really what it was. And like, let's put our chips in this one, like well, in this. Year. And it's also, they hired her when she was a kid, when she was a young kid. So now that she's grown up and, and it might not just be the age difference between her and Sarah Paxton. They might just have thought like, Hey, Younger Sarah Paxton looking. looks more, yeah. Looks more like the role, like the person we want in the lead. Kimberly yeah. J Brown didn't grow up the way we want her to look, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I think they had an idea. It was going to be the last one too. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think they had more intentions of making anymore. I mean, cause it was like, she's going to college. They're not going to keep running it through that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's an adult now. It was like, this is, it was basically them putting a bow on everything. Like that's I, what it was. Cause they made it years later after like, like Halloween town high. Yeah. Um, 
and like so yeah it just felt like them trying to put a bow on any of like the storylines that they hadn't wrapped up yet i can see them doing the long gap sequel with uh marnie now basically being the aggie role or or the mom role or something and 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 sure doing the next generation howling town the next generation or whatever you know whole new cast too yeah (laughs) just using the name halloween town the characters and then just whole new cast maybe this is their chance to redeem themselves and bring back kimberly j brown for the role but they really should because she rides hard for this movie still like which is really cool like she has like a whole etsy store with like halloween town merch in it because they don't make halloween town merch disney doesn't make any they make hocus pocus merch which was also like i believe a disney channel original and i might be wrong about that that might have been a theater was it a theater Uh, hocus pocus was in theaters yeah okay all right. Yeah, it's a Disney Channel original movie, but it, I don't know. I guess maybe it feels like it gets a lot of love from like the Halloween and horror community, sort of. Yeah. But like it it feels like one of the ones they're still missing out on an opportunity with to me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I look at Halloween Town and I'm like, yo, you don't think anybody would buy this? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you serious? Like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of Halloween Town fans that if Disney just did some like solid merch with it they'd realize how good of a property it is. And then they would just start printing everything like they do with Hocus Pocus and the rest of this shit. Yeah. I think they just don't notice it. Maybe like, I don't know. Possibly. I mean, they made three sequels. They have to notice, like, but I don't know if they realize it's like sort of got a cult following still, yeah. you know, like, I think that's the thing is I think the cult following isn't maybe as vocal as like Hocus Pocus and some of the others were, you know? Yeah. It also wasn't a theatrical release. That's true. And they are working on a second Hocus Pocus now. So like they definitely do see that fandom. Um, Yeah. I think they got to start to be, I think they have to start to be seeing it now. Like, I mean, with social media being the way it is, it's like, I get it that my feed is sort of tailored to me, but like, I see enough of it where I'm like, how are they not noticing this? And here's the thing. I can't tell you the last Disney Channel original movie I heard about, you know, like I feel like they must still be making them, but none that I feel none that I feel like are worthy of anybody tuning in for them. You know, I feel like like, most of them are Disney plus movies now. Disney plus original. Right. It's like sort of what it's become. Yeah. So if Disney plus was going to release a Disney Plus plus original Halloween Town sequel. Imagine all of the people for the sake of nostalgia or whatever who would definitely sign up or get the free trial or whatever to see that. Like that, like I, I do think that that would be really good considering just some of the other crap that they've dumped on Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm like, you could, it would be a profitable decision, I think, to make yeah. another Halloween Town. Dude, Judith Hogue and Kimberly J. Brown guaranteed would come back for it. They still do no. Comic-Cons and sign autographs with like their Halloween Town pictures on their banner behind them. You know, yeah. like when it's got like pictures of their roles, Judith Hogue's has like Halloween Town pictures and so does Kimberly J. Brown's. I mean, of course hers does, but like Judith Hogue's done a lot of other stuff too. Like yeah. she also has other pictures on there. You know, they usually will choose four six pictures that they put behind them of their roles that they've done you know with their name in the middle you know how it goes if you've been to a comic-con they're all the same pretty much yeah because like they want you to recognize them and be like oh it's that guy like you know or it's that lady and like they they both do that stuff and sign for halloween town and like meet a ton of halloween town fans and everything and like yeah 
you gotta also like they just let Kimberly J. Brown sell her own Halloween Town merch, basically. Yeah. Like, I don't think it uses the name on it and any <laughs> of it, but like, and I don't know. I've also seen companies that have made some bootleg Halloween Town stuff that's a little cooler than the stuff she sells, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you met either of them? No, I've seen Judith Hogue at a convention, but I didn't meet her. No, mm. like I saw her there, but. You know, she had a little bit of a line and I didn't want to go out of my way to really meet her. Sure. I didn't want an autograph or a picture or anything. I didn't want to pay for either of those. Sure. Like, I'm yeah, good yeah, on those, that. Like, those are expensive. <laughs> and like, I, I always feel weird at Comic Cons. I don't want to walk up to somebody and not getting a picture or autograph and just be like, yeah. I really like you. Like, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> that role you do, good. Like, I, you know, I'm always weirded out. All day. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you like, no, no shit. Like, there's yeah, a lot exactly. of people. Exactly. They're that. like, yeah, you wait. <laughs> in line to meet me i know yeah. you like me like <laughs> i i mean it it's always weird to me out a little bit the concept of paying people to meet them like i don't know it's yeah. like because it's a fake interaction and they'll want to be nice to you because you're paying to talk to them but like you're like but we're not talking like people this is just you know for me yeah. to say that i met you basically um, yeah it's so odd but yeah i i've got a three autographs from comic cons and that's it yeah so I uh, I do want to talk a little bit um, about Calabar the villain because uh, I think he's wonderful. I think he's like, and when he's he's the mayor early on, and he's sort of like this. W- when we reintroduce him to like his, we we find out he had this old relationship with their mom. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is a fun thing thrown right. in. Right, he's a bit of like so he's you 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 get this feeling like oh he's kind of cucked, like he's a little like <laughs> you know he's like making her flowers. He's kind of this like you know, little hokey, dorky guy. Uh, and then you find out at the end that he is the villain, the, the you know, this dark figure. Um, and uh, and his performance in those parts is incredible. It's just, he's like an anime character. Like he's sc- shouting every line. And then it's even better when they unfreeze uh, Aggie and then sh- like Debbie Reynolds is like, also like joining in on the camp and just shouting lines back at him it's a great like moment in the like the town square at the end i thought it was like yeah. the best part of the movie <laughs> citizens of halloween town yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i come to you to tell you <laughs> like it's a really drawn out like sentences yeah yeah <laughs> like just sort of shouting them it's very classic villain almost and that's know? a great performance that i feel like you're only gonna get if a guy's like fuck it i'm in a disney channel original movie. it's like dracula-esque but more over the top in a way, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. like it's <laughs> I, I think also his hair is black in that scene i don't think his hair is black before that but no, like, I think it is. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I, he might be wearing like eyeshadow or something that makes him look a little different in the climax. Probably, um, he looks more evil. Uh, but I also one thing I kind of laughed at in that scene is at the end, Marnie has to. She's got the MacGuffin that she's got to put inside of the uh, the pumpkin, and she like crawls on top, and then he kind of throws like he shoots some magic at her that kind of makes her pass out yeah. and so she's just holding it she's passing <laughs> and out. i love how that's all like i'm gonna pause real quick i love how that's all we could call it is he throws some magic at her <laughs> right? I, don't, like, <laughs> I don't know what to call it nobody it's, knows like no you know, it's not explained like <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's just he just throws some magic at her it's like, some kind of offensive yeah yeah he tosses yeah, it's some not magic. a lightning bolt sort of seems like it might be it's, <laughs> right <laughs> like, 
Um, and so it hits her and she's like, you know, she's incapacitated. And so, but like she's, so she's incapacitated, but she's still holding the MacGuffin like in her hand. Yeah. And then she has to, she has this like heroic moment where she's like, you hear her, the voices of like her mother saying, you'll never be a witch and stuff. And she like wakes up and then drops it. But I'm like, wouldn't she drop it if she was passed out? Like, <laughs> that, that I was think the, the same thing every fucking time, dude. Like, <laughs> Or like he froze her in like a position holding the wand, you know? Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah she overcame the frozen shock and like unfroze herself. Yeah, Maybe it almost seems like he's hitting her with like a stun gun in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, like a really light stun gun. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That's how she sort of reacts to what's happening. Oh. Right. <laughs> um, I did pull up on. Uh on a letterbox i looked up half star reviews for this movie uh out of curiosity hocus pocus co comes up a couple of times people people who hate hocus pocus also hate this movie I yeah think. that makes sense yeah i find people who love hocus pocus also love this movie so yeah. that checks out yeah, yeah. Like, that's why i also sort of brought that one up at one point is because i sort of lumped the two together in a way because they came out right around the same time and they're both about witches and like a witch family you know like yeah, yeah. uh my one of my favorite reviews here somebody said literally half a star because not only is marnie so goddamn annoying but after i watched this when i was like five i had recurring nightmares until i was like 14 then i watched it again frick this movie <laughs> frick this movie i'm like i think you might still be 14 if you're saying frick yeah. this movie. <laughs> oh man um half star this movie is so boring it's just three kids walking around a town for an hour and a half like straight up nothing happens how does this become <laughs> a fan favorite disney halloween disney channel original movie over under wraps i can't tell you it doesn't even have those campy late 90s goosebumps vibes i'm guessing people just really wanted to go to halloween town and that's all that mattered i mean yes um, like it makes sense, especially because this feels like an extremely long ad for a Halloween theme park that doesn't exist. Don't waste your time. And then in parentheses, this is part four of a multi-part series reviewing all 110 Disney Channel original movies. <laughs> oh my God. So at least they're going in order. You know, yeah. <laughs> if it's part four, that means they're going in order. This person's, yeah, yeah. The, this is just the beginning of the journey. Oh my God. They're, they're a long ways away from Lemonade Mouth. That... <laughs> that person is they've got a podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have a podcast this is episode four of a podcast yeah it for sure is yeah well, and it's this guy who totally didn't understand what he's getting into because he's like whoa this movie is uh not good like a traditional movie <laughs> like is this what all these disney channel original movies are going to be like if you're if you're hating halloween town four episodes in i really feel bad for how you're going to feel at episode 75 like <laughs> yeah these get much worse yeah like also i love that they compare it to under wraps yeah. uh, and they're like it doesn't have those 90s goosebumps vibes at all like that's the only thing that could have made this good is 90s goosebumps vibes do you look for that in every movie like right <laughs> halloween movie you're just like i hated this movie no 90s goosebumps vibes <laughs> what if they what if they judge every movie that way like yeah they're like they hated Goodfellas. No 90s Goosebumps vibes in this movie. Yeah. I, I, which is funny because watching it, I actually did feel some of the 90s Goosebumps vibes. Like I felt like, like it gave me that cozy feeling of like 
a, a spooky kids thing obviously goosebumps is supposed to be scary and this isn't but like some of the masks reminded me of like the haunted mask <laughs> a little bit stuff like yeah. that um another review half star sometimes your fiance gets to pick the movie that's it <laughs> <laughs> I already relate with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm engaged. I get it. Um, and this <laughs> is for probably... me, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and I'm not huge on it. <laughs> did she um did she force you to like one of the actual screenings? Like with the no, props? I haven't gone to the screenings. I've just oh. watched it multiple times at home. Oh no. The yeah, other that, night. That movie's not meant to be watched at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Well, if, if it's yeah. meant to be watched at all, it's meant to be watched with people drunk and throwing props at the screen and in costumes. That's what um, I hear. So uh, wait until we do that with Halloween Town someday. Uh, last review. Uh, this is probably my favorite. Uh, half a star for Debbie Reynolds. This was way too unrealistic and cheesy for me to enjoy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. All right. I don't. I love somebody digging Halloween you. Town for realism. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You came to the wrong movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what they think of The Dark Knight. Like, yeah. you know, like, where it's like, that's the most realistic superhero movie I think I've ever seen. And it's like, I wonder if that's still their review for that. Like, yeah, like way too love this movie great directing fantastic performance out of heath ledger but too unrealistic three stars <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well is there anything else you want to say about halloween town before we wrap up i mean if anybody is listening to this and hasn't seen it they absolutely should watch it they're all on disney plus all four of them yeah um i'm a huge fan of them i uh i think it is a very fun movie to watch during the holidays. Uh, I think also uh, I'll put out there that the best one is Halloween Town High. Um, oh. Yep, absolutely. That's the best one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Halloween Town High. I, if I have, uh, it's been a long time. I was going to propose an idea. Maybe every Halloween we should cover another <laughs> one of these movies. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm down for it. But yeah, it's uh, Halloween Town High is hands down the best one. Um, and it's very interesting because the second one, Halloween Town 2, got way darker. I don't know if you remember that. Have you a little bit, yeah. So the second one's got a way darker tone. There's a whole entire section of the movie that they're in, like, the whole town is going gray. Everything is just going, like, black and white and, like, gray. It's like oh. this, and, yeah, it's, so everything goes gray, and it gets very dark and bleak in tone and, like, very just kind of depressing looking like you know almost david lynch-esque <laughs> just yeah. sort of like depressing like where you're like watching it you're like this is just i don't this makes me feel weird like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like it's, it's scary sort of, in an uncanny way <laughs> yeah like yeah. And it's not even necessarily scary it's just like uncomforting for some yeah. reason like the tone <laughs> of it like and like so the third one halloween town high they took some of that like uncomfortable sort of spookiness from the second one and they wanted to make it because like they got a lot of the reviews and like uh comments about it was that it's too dark in tone <laughs> that it's too dark <laughs> which like makes total sense like because you watch it and the other three are vastly different in tone than the second one um and so when the third one halloween town high they tried taking some of that and then they also mixed it in 
with a brighter tone because they wanted to lighten it. And uh, they also had way better special effects. The special effects had gotten better. They clearly had the biggest budget out of any of them at that point. I mean, until Return to Halloween Town, clearly. Uh, but the special effects had gotten better. Disney Channel was investing more into their original content because, like, their original content was doing very well for them at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they had like some very successful things happening over there. Like, yeah. you know, Disney Channel, they drew it. They did okay. <laughs> the Disney <laughs> yeah. companies got some money. Yeah. But the Disney Channel original movies started taking off in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they started getting a lot more views and a lot more love and, like, appreciation, I think. Well, um, was that post-High School Musical? I don't that... think quite yet at that time. I don't think okay. 3 was. Let's see. Yeah, 3 was 2004. I think High School Musical was, like, 2005. Yeah. Uh, High School Musical was 2006. Okay. 2006 so. but they also had like xenon z3 yeah they had like eddie's million dollar cook-off the even steven's movie you know yeah. the scream team yeah years earlier yeah wow. uh they had our xenon was 99 the first one smart house had happened johnny tsunami smart house yep uh yeah. was stuck the in the 13th suburbs? year the 13th year remember that one when the boy starts like turning into like a mermaid yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuck they in were... the suburbs was that same year too 2004 yeah karen Kelly. Uh, <laughs> exactly dude and then they had phantom of the megaplex that was a pretty good one i mean they yeah. had some ones that were like actually doing pretty well and so they're investing more into that content i think at that time especially like you look at like xenon z3 like that one, they really put a lot of money into. It's in space. It's a whole movie in space, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And, but yeah, they were doing sequels. That was a sequel, Xenon Z3. They were starting to do sequels. Oh, the Cheetah Girls was 2003, one oh. year before. That's what it was. That That's, was the one that, 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 was that a took hit. the fuck off. Yeah. That one, they started touring across the country yeah. and everything. Oh, like, my gosh. I it was full on, dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah raven simone was like the star of it she yeah. was on that so ra- so their shit was taking off dude yeah um so yeah they're doing okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so they are investing more into that content and i think halloween town high really reflects that and that's why i think yeah. it's the best one uh return it probably would have been returned to halloween town if they would have just kept kimberly j brown uh yeah. but like they fucked up i don't know so i'm out <laughs> It's, it's not me. too late to redeem yourselves, <laughs> yeah. Disney. You can get me back, Disney. You can get me back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I know I pay for a membership, but you could really get me, get me back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know you already got me, but like, <laughs> and I'm going on vacation there in like two weeks. You got me, Disney, but like, you'll really get me. <laughs> like, you bring Kimberly J. Brown back, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for suggesting this so I could watch it again. Did you have you rewatched it already for this season? Uh, yeah, I rewatched the first one so far. Um, yeah. I haven't, I think I, I rewatch Halloween town high all throughout the year, but yeah. like, <laughs> uh, and occasionally Halloween town, I will watch throughout the year as well. Not quite as much as Halloween town high, but okay. I watch them both throughout the year. Halloween town too. I don't watch quite as much. It's more of just an October one and same with return to Halloween town. Uh, okay. but they're on my schedule. I'll be watching them very soon. But tonight I'm going to see Halloween Kills. So I'm going tomorrow night to see that. One. <laughs> yeah. I'm really I'm excited. going tonight. Yeah. I got a 7:15 showing. So nice. All right. <laughs> well, enjoy that. Uh, and th- th- thank you so much for doing this. This was fun. Yeah, man. Same. Appreciate you having me. When you're strange, faces come out of the rain.
when you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange Okay, that wraps up another episode of We Are Movies. Uh, Thank you to my guest, Kyle Forsyth, for coming on. Uh, Definitely check Kyle out on the social media stuff. He is on Twitch and Instagram at IamKyleForsyth. Also, follow 313 Comedy. It's a great show he puts on at the Detroit Shipping Company. Um, Also, follow Kimberly J. Brown's Etsy. Uh, if you want to get your Halloween Town merch or various other things that she has designed, um, that is under Craftily Creative at Etsy. And I will link all of this in the description below. Um, I had a great time this episode. Hope you did too. Oh, and if you're a fan of the podcast and you haven't yet, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Movies Pod. You can like the Facebook page, We Are Movies. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, J O H N N Y M O C N Y. That is all I have for you today. I'll be back with you again very soon with some more spooky stuff. I'm trying to cram in like two more episodes before the end of this season. So um, they're great ones too. I have an amazing special that I have recorded and I just need to edit it because it's a real monster. Um, And I'm definitely going to put that out uh, by Halloween this year. So until then, this is Johnny Mockney saying, I promise I'm a better driver than I am a podcaster.